if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food, coffee edition. Ooh, First, big news when it comes to your health. New Italian research revealed people who drink two to three cups of coffee a day have lower blood pressure hmm. than those who drink less, which is crazy because so many people think coffee raises your blood right, pressure. Right. And finally, in the world of food, coffee edition, they revealed why Trader Joe's coffee bean blast ice cream is so rich. It's beloved for its strong coffee flavor, espresso bean bits, and smooth, creamy texture. Never tried it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Now but I, I want, want to, to now. Yeah. So why so rich? The oh, Apparently, ice cream is usually about half air to make it fluffy, and theirs has very little air in it. No kidding. Yes, it's super rich. Coffee ice cream. L- literally, it's oxygen that makes it fluffy. Yes. And they have... Huh. And they have less air huh. in I'll their coffee it. ice cream. I'm, I'm going to try that. You I want to, too. Sold. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to think about what different people talk about at the dinner table, depending on what their spouse does for a living. Hmm. And wait till you hear what came up at our dinner table last night. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. So it's pretty wild. You, you know, a lot of dinner table conversation can be centered around your job. Mm-hmm. And depending on what people do for a living... There's all kinds of interesting things that come up. And for me, I'm married to a fee-only certified financial planner. Mm-hmm. And my husband was trying to explain money to a client the other day. So he starts playing this little game with me. So I'll play it with you, Kev. Okay. Um, if you could spend a million dollars every single day, yeah. how many years could you spend that before you got to a trillion dollars? I'm talking a million here, a million here every day. How many years... Could you well, spend a, that? Let's say a billion is 100 million, and it's in a trillion, 100 billion. So would it take a thousand years? Ooh, good guess. You're like the best guess I've heard so far. Okay. It's 2,740 years. Hmm. So like basically from the time of the Egyptians to now, that gets you to um, a trillion dollars. Now, Okay, wait, you... wait, wait. My question is... Where do I sign up for this? <laughs> I'm in. Now, if you um, if you stacked $100 bills and it made a million, how high would you stack the $100 bills? A uh, stack of $100 bills, a million, okay, um, two miles high. Three feet tall. Oh. A billion, <laughs> a billion would be over half a mile, t- mile tall, taller okay. than the world's tallest building. But a trillion dollars... Would be one hundred dollars bills would be stacked three six hundred and thirty miles high, more than double the height of the space station, or you know about a thousand times higher than the Chinese balloon. Wow! <laughs> and, um, and so that now you got your brain around what a trillion is. Uh-huh. Our national debt is thirty one trillion. <laughs> this is our dinner conversation last night. To my wife and I, we've been married a long time. I love being married. It's the absolute best. I'm sure you agree with Glenn. Oh, you guys have been married for a while. You guys are really happily married. Um, But I saw a meme the other day that I I think this is one of those things that after you've been married for a long time, you you may try this. We'll we'll talk about it next. Okay, so I saw a meme that that, um, every couple goes through their, their little spats and your better half gets on your nerves. So the wife yells down at the husband, hey, do you ever get a shooting pain in your body like... Somebody's got a voodoo doll and they're stabbing it. And the husband replies back, no. The wife, after a pause, goes, how about now? Oh. <laughs> I wonder what he did wrong. That is, that is not family life marriage, <laughs> family, family marriage uh, uh, conference approved.
Are you sick of your commute? You are not alone. It feels like a chore and a waste of time, doesn't it? For most of us, at least an hour a day out of our lives, just poof, gone. Ironically, research shows a commute is quite healthy for you. Hmm. For example, in the evening, it provides an opportunity to recover from work and mentally prepare for home. Role blurring can lead to stress and burnout. In fact, there's this one woman, she works from home. She admitted she'll go sit out in the driveway in her car just to decompress at the end of the day. (laughs) She's trying to carve out a little bit of personal time. Uh, Experts say a better idea might be to, if you work from home and you don't have a commute, go for a 15-minute walk before work and another 15-minute walk at the end of your workday, and it'll give you like that transitional time to decompress. Mm. It's interesting that we label uh, states of mind or... Uh, like like role blurring or our modes like who came up with that <laughs> like role blurring you're role blurring stop gaslighting me i'm triggered <laughs> it's like we label every little thing for so, a while i i worked that. for my brother-in-law and sometimes we would go straight from work to my mom's house for dinner where his wife and three little stepping stone girls were and the way he could set work aside and switch to dad and husband it was so impressive I was like, wow. And it was only How a five would, minute commute. He would resist role blurring. It was great. So do your kids make you watch the same movie over and over and over again, especially on long road trips? Mm. Well, brace yourselves, moms and moms and dads. A returning Disney CEO, Bob Iger, just announced that these movies all have sequels in the work. <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> of course. Didn't they Toy already have Story. a sequel? Didn't yeah, there's yeah. already two. Yeah, Toy Story. I think it's Toy Story 5. And beyond! Yeah, you're right. There's already four Toy Story movies. This will be the third Frozen movie. And also, they're going to be making a sequel to Zootopia. Hmm. Uh, I'd like to see a sequel to Coco. I love that movie. And Hmm. Kanto is really good, too. But I think... I don't know. I think out of the two, I like Coco better. Well, they were. I can pretty much guarantee there will be a sequel because in yeah. in Hollywood, there's the, rarely does a new idea see the light of day anymore. It's always a retread or a spinoff or like I mean, they're even. I saw they're they're redoing Grease, making it into a series and and looking yeah. at it from the Pink Ladies perspective. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing new. They just yeah. retread old ideas. So I would say mm. that they'll probably, especially since they just pretty much fired everyone at Disney. They're going to have no new ideas. Right? They've got to go with the with the old ones and retread and do. I would love to see a, a Coco part two. No, I think we'll probably awesome. have part two, part three, part seven, part ten. I wonder how long it's been since the first one came out. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, kids, they do tend to go nuts about certain shows, and I think for most kids, I don't know if it's compartmental thinking, but they become obsessed. Right, they have their show and they watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> right, but here's what I'm wondering. Let's say your kid is, I don't know, into Paw Patrol. Everything is Paw Patrol, right? They got to watch Paw Patrol. They got the Paw Patrol PJs. They've got the <laughs> Paw Patrol plush dolls. They've got everything is everything is all about Paw Patrol all the time. But then there comes the day where the kid goes. I don't like Paw Patrol anymore, Ugh. and you got all the Paw Patrol stuff, right? <laughs> what do you What do you do then, mom and dad? What we're talking about is when your kids are obsessed with a TV show or something, and then the obsession just dies. And and it usually is pretty quick. It's not like a long, drawn out. Mm -mm. It's not a slow fade. It's It's quick and acute. And I'll tell you what, in our house we do when that happens, because that's happened with multiple TV shows, characters, superheroes. My wife puts all the stuff in a box. 
and puts it in the attic. Oh, <laughs> really? Not Goodwill? We've got Barney stuff. We've got Power <laughs> Ranger stuff. We've You're got be ready for grandkids. Disney wow. stuff. We were a Little Mermaid house for the longest time. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff. Wow. I think she's thinking grandkids. They're going to have vintage toys to play with. Right, but, right. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And lots of VHS to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All this is spurred on by the fact that they've got another Frozen movie coming out, another Toy Story movie coming out. And I remember um, helping my friend. We were scouring the interwebs everywhere for bluey toys in time <laughs> for Christmas one year. I mean, I was just like, she was desperate. And I'm like, let me help you. I don't have any kids. I've got time. I'll do it. And I'm like, we can make this happen. And I found one thing at, I, at this one website. I was like, I got it. And I put it in my cart and they acted like it was going to ship in days. And then it said, keep in mind, this is for a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. It said it would get there in June. And I'm like, what is the deal with Bluey right now? And I, I just was talking to my friend the other day. She goes, oh, yeah, the, Bluey's out. I'm like, Bluey's out? At Already? her house. Yeah, no more Bluey. Not globally, just at her house. Just at her right. house. I, her daughter's really not interested at all anymore. We were surfing through one of the streaming services last night looking for something to watch, and Bluey came up, and I said to my wife, we should watch a couple of episodes. And she said, why? I said, well, Griff's kids are into it. A lot of like people listening to Kevin and Taylor show, their kids are into it. We should watch a couple episodes. And then she goes, you know what? We could have grandchildren soon. Let's watch it. So did like, you watch? I was like, what do you mean soon? <laughs> <laughs> not, none of them are even married yet. We got one engaged, but the, but other than that, it's yeah. not, quote, soon for, for anybody. <laughs> so it was a red letter day at my house the other day. Something major, this is like major life achievement happened. Cannot wait to share it with you guys next. So a lot of you guys have been on this journey uh, with my family, and particularly my son, Kyle, uh, since the very beginning. I, I know you have, Taylor. You've mm-hmm. been on it with us every step of the way. Um, my son, Kyle, is a drummer, and he is so passionate about his music. that Music is his life. A lot of people say that, oh, yeah, softball is my life or whatever. I really mean it. Music is Kyle's life. It's what God put him on this planet to do is to play music. And uh, he's pursued that with everything he has from the time he was, you were there at that, is it sixth, fifth grade talent show when yeah. he played his drums. And <laughs> don't stop believing when we were such a night <laughs> when we were driving home, um, when we were driving home, he, uh, uh, he said to me, dad, I don't ever want to do anything else. And that's like mm. in the minivan with the cymbals rattling wow. in the back and the whole, the whole nine yards. So fast forward to, he decided he wanted to go to Berkeley college of music one of the hardest music schools in the world to get into. And he did, and he graduated, and he moved to Nashville. And then during COVID, the music industry shut down, so he decided to pursue his master's degree. Well, it just came in the mail yesterday, his diploma for getting his master's degree in, in uh, jazz studies. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. He's like, hey, do you want, want to be with me when I open it up, Dad? Because he knew what it was. Aww. The box came. That's so neat. Um, he made you a part of it. He opened it up and yeah, and we were there and it was just so cool. And I sent a picture of it to my dad and my dad was like, not only is he one of the first in our family to graduate college, um, but he's the only in our family to have a master's degree. Mm, so congratulations. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, Kyle. That was just, wow. He worked, worked his tail off to get it. And you know, now it's like the music world's just opening up to him. Yeah. So, so happy and so proud of Kyle. Woo-hoo. Way to go, buddy. 
So we're talking about uh, my son Kyle just got his diploma for his master's degree in the mail. So thanks to everybody that's been uh, he's been praying for him for for years. I mean, he's got his master's when he's when we started this show on the radio station. Kyle was eight years old, and now he's got his ma- fast forward all these years later. He's got his master's degree, but. A lot of you have been praying for him every step of the way as he's been going into the music world and the music industry. And and he's just he's one of those rare people that has kept a really clear head on his shoulders through the whole thing. Uh, as you guys can imagine, in the music industry, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of drinking and carousing and drugging and all this other stuff that goes on. And Kyle's just he's just not interested in any of that. So, so much so that it has, I think hasn't held him back, but it hasn't advanced his career as much as if you were going out and hanging out in bars mm. with all the people in the music industry. That's a shame. You know what I mean? He's just chosen to do it a different way and mm-hmm. he's doing it his way. And he also has done it with uh, one of the pieces of advice I gave him in the music industry. Do not have a plan B, which every guidance counselor, every career expert is like, why are you telling your kid that? He's got to have a plan B. What's he going to fall back on? I'm like this. If he goes into the music industry with a plan B, he'll be in the music industry for about six months because it is so hard and he'll quit. If you got a plan B, you will take there. How many people have you met? Maybe even in your praise and worship band. Oh yeah, I would have pursued music, but you know, and they did whatever, which is fine. There's a lot of different paths in life, but my advice to him from day one, if this is what you really want to do, if this is what God's called you to do and what you think you need to do, do not have plan B because you will be 30 years old selling insurance and saying, oh boy, what could have been? And, uh, and he's done it. He has done it. I'm so super proud of him, especially when that diploma came the other day, master's degree and his name underneath of it. Wow. What a moment. Have you ever stopped to wonder, are rich people really smart? (laughs) Making a six-figure salary doesn't necessarily mean you're the smartest person in the room, according to new research. Bottom line, you can't determine whether someone is a genius simply by looking at their paycheck. The results of this research show that the top 1% of earners actually do worse on cognitive tests than those in the income bracket right below them. Mm. Uh, Sounds like you need a lot of hard work and talent to go along with the intelligence. Mm. Coming up, how would you feel if someone wanted to feature you and your other half on a parenting reality TV show? (laughs) (laughs) How would you feel if someone wanted to feature you and your other half on a parenting reality TV show? (laughs) It's a real show. It's called The Parent Test. And it features 12 families with different parenting styles, including discipline, traditional, child-led, new age, helicopter, and free range. Mm -hmm. Four families are put through a parenting stress test, like getting kids to go off a high dive into a swimming pool or a fine dining experience with their children. Now, critics of the show say parenting is not a contest and the show is harmful. Experts say there's value in being open-minded about other parenting styles and I know the moms and dads that listen to the Kevin and Taylor show, their main concern is, are we raising kids that are going to grow up who love and serve Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's their biggest thing. Right. And how do you know that they will? By throwing them off the high dive. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stephen Curtis Chapman even wrote a song about it, didn't he? I'm diving in. I'm going yeah, deep. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's a Christian thing. But seriously, can you imagine trying to get your kid to go to jump off a high dive with all the cameras rolling? Mm. No, thanks. That's too much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the way they cast those shows, too. 
You know, when they pe- families came to audition, they look for the, like the most high-strung kids that they could oh, find, yeah. right? We're talking a minute ago about that reality TV show where one of the tasks, it's a parenting reality TV show, one of the tasks is to get your kids to overcome a fear of going off a high dive. You know, on national television. No problem. <laughs> no stress. But it, it made me think of all those things that our kids, they'll develop like some type of fear of, and it's completely irrational. And you as the parent... You've got to deal with it and try to coax them and cajole them and get them to move along with whatever. So what were your kids irrationally afraid of and how did you overcome it? We'd love to hear your stories. Hey, Nicole, we're talking about our kids being irrationally afraid of something and trying to get them to overcome that fear. What was it for your kids? It was an irrational fear for myself. Oh, okay. When I was younger, my mom forced me on my first roller coaster. Ooh. <laughs> and it just happened to be the oldest roller coaster at Six Flags. <laughs> oh, man, those are awful. They shake you around and they hurt. So what happened? Exactly. It terrified me of roller coasters. I still do not like them. I do not prefer to get on them. Have you ever been on another one since? I've been on one since. Ooh, that's impressive. (laughs) You sound very similar to me. I was not forced to go on one, but I overcame my fear of roller coasters in my late 20s. And I have never been on one since. I was like, one and done. I'm di- I, I proved I can do it, and I don't want to do it again. I'll go to Six Flags. I'll pay the money, and I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> you hold everybody's stuff, right? <laughs> so we're swapping stories about our kids having irrational fear- fears, and it can be very frustrating as a parent because you know logically there's nothing to be afraid of, right? right? But your kid, for whatever reason, has got a mental block and they do not want to do whatever that thing is. And the, I think the biggest, probably the most embarrassing one for, for me and Tracy as parents was our son Kyle and yeah. his fear of the barber. Oh, yes. I remember this story. He did not like getting his hair cut. I mean, it Yikes. was bad. We would pull into the, the parking lot of like, you know, we'd be running the grocery store, and that happened to be the place where he got his haircuts, and he'd start freaking out. And we'd be like, we're not getting a haircut. We're going to the grocery store. It's okay. Oh, wow. Just so, being in the same parking yeah. lot. Yeah. When wow. we finally, um, I mean, his hair, it was a mop. It was so long, and Tracy's like, we've got to get this trimmed. I, I, so we went into like the, I don't know, Haircuts or Us or whatever, one of the cheap haircut places, mm-hmm. and we, we got in the, the, the place, and I said to the lady, he's very averse to getting his hair cut. How about I sit in the chair, put him on my lap. We'll put the cape over both of us, maybe sitting on my lap. He'll be okay. Problem solved. (laughs) So we get in the chair and first he's okay. And he starts squirming like he's going to slide out of the chair. So I put my arms around like, Hey buddy, we're getting a haircut. And he's now he's squirming. So I'm squeezing tighter and he's squirming tighter and the lady's trying to cut. She's like, you got to sit still. You got to sit still. So he'd sit still for a minute and then he'd start screaming and crying and the whole bit. And oh, did I mention it's a Saturday afternoon and the place is packed? (laughs) So my face is like a hundred shades of red. Tracy's sitting there like with her, her head buried in her hands. We're both so embarrassed. And Kyle's to the point he's so worked up that he's doing that crying where you can't catch your breath. You know, like when a kid will go, and then, and then, and then, yeah, and yeah. then, that kind of crying. And in one of his, <laughs> he inhaled a tuft of hair. Ew. And he <laughs> threw it up. <laughs> Good thing you had a cape on, huh? It didn't get on you. Did the it get on the hairstylist? Poor lady cutting her hair goes, 
I draw the line at puking. We're done. <laughs> and he had half a haircut. <laughs> Did Tracy finish it at home herself? Oh, yeah. But we had to wait for him to fall asleep. He like fell Whoa. asleep. And then she would go and trim a little, trim a little. And she's like, it's good enough. But yeah, he wow. had this fear. And then ironically, like when he was in high school, he wore his hair really, really long. long. And we would tease him. You're not wearing that because you want to be a rock star. You're wearing long hair because you're afraid of the barber. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to one of your kids' games? Maybe when they were little, the score of like a basketball game would be 10 to 6 or something mm-hmm. like that. But that's because they were little and they didn't make a lot of baskets or whatever. But by the time they get to middle school, the scores are getting higher. High school, you know, they're, they're, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They, can, they can put the ball in the bucket, right? So parents at an Oklahoma high school basketball game were pretty upset when the final score was 4 to 2. In basketball? Boys varsity wow, basketball. What in the world? And this was the number three team in the state playing the number nine team in the state. But the number there's no shot clock. Uh, if you don't know what a shot clock is, that is when you pass the half court line, you only have like 20, 20 and 30 seconds, something like that, to take a shot. If you don't, you lose possession. The other team gets the ball. They have no shot clock. So the team that was the number nine team thought the only way we can beat the number three team is if we delay the game. So they basically just kept passing the ball around oh, and boring. not shooting on purpose. And they won by one basket, four to two. <laughs> so parents, especially of the number three team that lost, are going crazy. Yeah. They're just like, come on. this is That's not playing the sport. Other parents, parents of the winning team are like, no, we those are the rules. We use them to our advantage. You could have done a lot of things to try to steal the ball or take the ball or whatever, and you didn't. So, you know, the chips fell where they may. We won. Hmm. How would you feel if you were a parent and you were you were at that game? Oh, I'd be so annoyed. Would you? It sounds so boring. Yeah. You're already giving up a huge chunk of your day to support your kid, and then right? it's not even a fun game to watch. Is there even a little part of you that's like, well, that other team, they knew the odds were stacked against them, so they did what they had to do, and they won the game? Mm, I mean, you got to admire that, I guess, but <laughs> still, so boring. <laughs> so boring. Ugh. Yeah, I... I I'm a way way bigger fan of, hey, come on. If they're better than you, fine. But go out, give it your best. Who knows? Maybe you'll have the game of your life and you'll win. Not manipulate the rules to see if we can can do that. So uh, every team except the team that won uh, by delaying the game, they're all pushing, please, can we get a shot clock next year? Because they're afraid other teams are going to see that and go, hey. That's a pretty good idea. Let's do that. So I announced on the radio recently that I am going to try to learn to do something new. I'm not going to tell you what it is just this now, but I tried doing it real subtly. My whole family noticed and totally outed me. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. So I announced on the radio that I was going to try to start doing something different and new when I'm eating. And um, I tried it the other night at a family dinner Okay, and I totally got caught. And they were like, "Okay, don't do that anymore." What is it? I want to learn how to eat European. Oh, my no. my brother in law no, no. Ted eats European. Never knew it till I pointed it out to him, and he's like, "What do you mean? I eat mm. European?" I'm like, "Look at how you're holding the knife and fork. You're totally European. You must have learned that from your mom." And he so now every time I see him doing it, I'm like, "Oh." It looks so much more sophisticated than the way I use a fork as a shovel and just shovel the food in. So while we were at dinner, I had noticed Ted. So I was kind of trying to mimic him. And I started putting my salad on 
the top of my fork and eating that way. And yeah. we're just having this lively conversation. And all of a sudden, I looked up and everyone was staring at me and they were like, you're eating weird. I'm like, well, I'm trying to eat European like Ted. And they go, please don't do that. It looks really awkward. <laughs> right. And don't you dare ever use that, do that in Europe because as the, <laughs> as the chickpeas are rolling off your fork <laughs> and you're, you're dropping your head to try to catch them before they fall. Going, oh, oh. I was eating Greek salad, but I thought I was doing pretty well, but they're like, no, just stop. The you got to stop. The whole point of your exercise <laughs> is to look sophisticated. Right. But learning that skill as an adult, if you like didn't grow kid. up with it, you you look like, like a kid who doesn't know how to eat. Yeah. yeah. Like, or like it you was... have spatial awareness problems. But or here's my question. No does hand-eye it... coordination whatsoever. <laughs> but doesn't practice make perfect? And can I practice in the comfort of my own home with family that is supposed no, to love no, me unconditionally? No, no, you should practice. If you're going to practice that, practice by yourself. Well, I'm going to have to start taking my meals alone in another room. <laughs> Practice it by yourself because ain't nobody want to see that. <laughs> by the way, wasn't it really sophisticated the way I said taking my meals? As if. <laughs> taking my meals. I'll take my meal in the study tonight, James. Thank you. Oh, wow. okay. Bottom line, I'll never be sophisticated, no matter how hard I may try. Hey, when was the last time you felt a bit overwhelmed with life? It could be right now. Coming up, wait till you hear who came to the rescue when this young man needed it. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. When was the last time you felt completely overwhelmed with life? It might be happening right now, right? It happens to all of us. We get stressed out, anxious, and it just feels like much too much. Well, that happened to a young man in Michigan, and two deputies were doing a wellness check on his car because he parked along a snowy highway Mm -hmm. when the guy was overwhelmed with emotion. Is there anything I can do to help you? (laughs) I use a hug. I'll give you a hug. Seems like you got a lot going on, man. It's all right. (laughs) It's all right, right, man. It was so touching. I watched the whole video of these Hmm. two police, police officers just showing love. They kept asking him, like, do you think you need professional help? And he was like, I was just on the phone with my mom. I'm just overwhelmed right now. And he, mm-hmm. he needed that reminder that he's not alone. They ended up sharing stories and even ended up making him laugh mm. at the end of the body cam video. So mm. to those police officers going above and beyond, that kudos to you. That yeah. was just so touching. No kidding. So I tried this whole positive reinforcement thing with my husband. Like, I want to make sure he's appreciated, but I also am like... Ooh, let's repeat that behavior okay. again. So uh, last night he was emptying the dishwasher. I started to do the dishwasher and he's like, no, no, no. You said you have all that other stuff to do. You still got some stuff to get ready for the show. I'll empty the dishwasher. And I, I was like, okay, I mean, it only takes a minute. And he goes, mm-hmm. I got it. And I went, that's hot. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> reinforce like maybe when I come home from work, because he works from home, yeah. the dishwasher will just magically always be emptied. You don't think That'd he be sees really cool. through that a little bit? I think he does, <laughs> but it was worth a try. <laughs> right.